Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Subtle results. Still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulties swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. <laughs> we got the chocolates. What the frick is that? We got the chocolates. Welcome back to the We Got The Chocolates podcast. I'm Lee. I'm Skin. And you're probably right by accident, but definitely stay for a laugh and probably a little bit more today as well. This is, in fact, a very exciting bonus episode that we're giving you an intro to. Yeah, absolutely. It's an exciting one. We're joined by former NRL player Keegan Hipgrave. He played... Yeah, it's, it's interesting talking to someone who's actually quite good at sport for once. He played 49 games of professional rugby league between 2017 and 2021, I think, for both the Gold Coast Titans and the Parramatta Eels, rugby league clubs in Australia. And in those 49 games, he scored three tries and had another two very exciting highlights, which he tells us all about yeah. <laughs> in the episode coming up. Uh, yeah, and we, we, have a lot, we had a lot of laughs and, and got into some, some pretty interesting stuff. He, he was medically retired at 24 after, after quite a few concussions, which we, we get to hear a lot about as well. So it's a great chat. And here's how it went. Keegan, thank you so much for being here on the Week at the Chocolates podcast, mate. How are you? Boys, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. No, no not a problem. Thanks for being here. It's outstanding in the studio as you uh, as you <laughs> as you duly noted when you walked in. Mate, it's all it's the um it's the under seven, under nines trophies that are getting me. I love I love that we've got it up for everyone to see. Yeah, and skin, yeah. you know what he noticed as soon as he walked in? My skin most improved. Most improved. <laughs> Why have, you got that, why have you got that front and center? It's really got a better trophy. It's, it's right at the front. Oh, really? why is it, it's even lit up. Why is it, <laughs> can we get rid of that? Can we? Every week, every week from now on, can we do something different to that trophy to make it more obvious? Why do you just have the whole plaque just in the massive font saying most let's improved? Just, let's put it right in the middle of the table <laughs> yeah. for everyone to see. Now, Keegan, we, we were fortunate enough. We've only really, as myself and Skin, sorry, I've only met you. Uh, just the one other the time and it, we'll, we'll get to that but maybe we should go through Mikas you're actually mates aren't you well, certainly yeah. from your side of things yeah. hopefully Keegan likes you as well yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's very I mutual certainly, certainly like him so that's good um, no yeah we've been mates for a while we lived in a few different houses together we lived in Palmy together for all of seven days yeah so we all nice. like there was a there was a few of us boys me Sammy Zuba, yeah. um, Maddie, and then Mickers. Yeah. And we all moved in, sick little place in Palm Beach. And then within a week, Mick's like, nah, I'm out of here. I got to go. But 
<laughs> to be fair, I still had the lease for another <laughs> probably year after that. So I was coming and going for a bit. But what is it? What? Where'd you go? Oh, I don't know if you know the story, but I moved to Brisbane and to the Gold Coast of Brisbane about 15 so times. So many times. So, so that was just times. one of those <laughs> times. But then we lived in another house together. Which one was that? Your place in Crumbin Waters. You d- yeah. Bro, and I actually lived there for longer. You so, did, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, one of the great housemates. Yeah, yeah. 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 Did you? <laughs> like, I mean, nothing, never mind, mate. I had, I had a, did you pay rent? You actually owe me eight grand. <laughs> I sent the tax collector. Oh, to get you. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Perfect. And then, Migas, you um, do have, and I don't think any Chalky listeners would actually know that, but you are known for, well, there's one other friendship particularly that we know about where you have a very weird sort of handshake tradition Um with that particular mate, do you and Keegan have anything <laughs> that resembles <laughs> that? <laughs> I, not, I did not know where that was going. No, no, I don't know we do. Okay, well, let me explain. Mikus <laughs> has this mate named Nathan, I think. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And we met him at Suncorp Great Stadium boy. at State of Origin 2. Yep. That was yeah. the first time we had met him. Anyway, these two idiots <laughs> literally – I've only met Nathan once, but I'm comfortable saying he's also an idiot. <laughs> these two – He's a nice bloke. Yeah, lovely bloke. But they just literally just say, hell yeah, and high-five each other. <laughs> like, <laughs> it would have honestly been 800 times that day. You know like how you high-five, you get that like good pop. Good pop. We'll just get it like – 20 times in a row. Easy. No, you'll get it six times out of nine, you kept telling yeah, us. We, yeah, yeah, because it's funny, but like we'll stuff up the few on purpose anyway. It's not that important. But <laughs> great, great little handshake we've got. Okay. But you and Keegan, nothing. No, we, we don't. We, we just hug. We just hug. Yeah. Someone to work towards. Big love. Yeah. That's anyway, normal. Yeah. But Keegan, we actually met you. Um, it was the mystery poo night, actually, for those long term um long term listeners when Sam's ever <laughs> <before. laughs> <laughs> I yeah. totally yeah. forgot about that. So he told you that story when you opened the car as well. We, I take it. So, so we came first, first met you boys. And yeah. then as soon as we were leaving, I think he was just like, I just took the biggest dump in that guy's toilet. <laughs> yep. And you remember uh, the story well. I can't remember what episode it was, but if you've listened for a, a couple of months, you've definitely heard about it before because we had Mitch's fiance Eloise on to speak about it as yeah. well, which was intriguing. But that night, I think you actually, in the same night, you got to see skin snag for the first time too because you were editing you were doing the final stages editing of the prince albert that's right youtube yeah. video never so, forget so <laughs> <laughs> keegan's walked upstairs he's like hey boys nice to meet you what the heck is that it was, a, it was like the finishing touches on on the edit. that's very impressive edit but the thing that the <laughs> thing glad that, you said edit the, the, <laughs> the thing that got me was the it was the photo of Everyone crowding around. <laughs> you get in the piercing and everyone's just filming it. It's just a little snack hanging out. <laughs> the Johnson hanging out. People still talk about like a cricket trailer. They'd be like, you, you were actually in the room. It's like, yeah. yeah. It was a questionable time in my life. Yeah. Like, some of the this footage of you going like, it's staring right at me. I'm like, look anywhere else. <laughs> also, when editing true. it, I probably like was editing that thing for about, well, probably about 15 hours before skin got to it. Yeah, and right. I didn't probably put the censored bar over his dong until, until about 10 hours in. I was like, oh, actually, I can put this little uh, <laughs> censored bar over it. You guys are well acquainted now. <laughs> Didn't you? I think you were saying that I had a similar situation with Michelle. <laughs> Michelle walks past and I had to like dive in front of the computer screen while I was editing it like, no, 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 no. <laughs> we're just working. Snag up. <laughs> we needed a code word. Oh, uh, Keegan, there's actually a story that we wanted to ask you about. We generally start each podcast episode with some sort of story. We'll, we'll find a way to weave it in. Um, I wonder if this sort of time in your life rings any bells. June 2018, um, 
it was a significant date for you. And the reason I'm bringing this up, it's not, that's not a specific date, um, but the reason I'm bringing this up is because this is actually the way Mikus always introduces you. Well, not introduces <laughs> you, but references you. So like when he was telling us about you for the first time before we'd met you, he was like, yeah, my mate, Keegan Hipgrave, he would say, it's the loveliest guy. He got Simbid twice in one game. <laughs> <laughs> They were always the sentences that went together. So, and just to give some context, if you're not a huge NRL fan, uh, the previous player before that in 2018, the only previous player to be sim in twice in one game was in 2002. So, it's a 16-year gap. Do you remember that evening? Oh, mate, I I didn't have many highlights throughout my career. <laughs> I had I had two highlights um, that went viral. Um, one of them was the time that I got. And uh, Mick, as you know, the other I know one, I definitely know which it. We now. can touch on in a second. Oh, please, yeah, keep um, that in mind. But the, the that one, I mate, it wasn't even anything crazy, right? So I got seven bins yeah. twice. Yeah, um, they were just professional fouls. They were professional fouls. It wasn't yeah. even a because I went back and found the highlights. No, it was disappointing. It was, yeah, yeah, there was yeah, like yeah. nothing to it. Repeat so, offences. So, so underwhelming. Like, yeah. I remember I got sent, and I was. Mate, I was a bit of a – I was wired a bit differently when I was playing. Like I was just <laughs> – like I was like very competitive, very aggressive. I remember getting setting off. My adrenaline was so pumped. Um, and our well-being manager, he's just like, hey, just keep it cool. There's camera in the sheds. And we walked into the sheds and I've just booted this chair like 10, 10 metres onto the other side of the room and they grabbed that clip and then that clip went viral. <laughs> so is that actually from the same night they went both those things are like that's what went viral? That was that was the first that was the first thing. Like I said, I don't have many highlights. <laughs> the, 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 you know another no, one obviously. Keep going. Yeah. The, se- the, second one, the second one was probably in – I think 20, 2019, 2020, that's probably when I was playing my best footy. Um, okay. we, we had a guy called Jimmy Dimmick who was looking after our, like our wrestle, like our um, defense, I guess. Um, Jimmy Dimmick's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. So he's our assistant okay. coach. He was there with um, Justin Holbrook at the time. And so we would be doing, you know, we'd do wrestling sessions every week. And so part of this wrestling session is like if you ever caught in a tackle where, you know, the guy in front of you has his back towards you, then what you want to do is prop them up and then put them down. So when we're playing, we're playing the Brisbane Broncos and I had Payne House, big, big boy, he's coming into the back of me and he turns and I've, I've got my underhooks and I'm like, all right, this is it. I've done one big thrust. <laughs> One big hip thrust, but Payne's a big boy. And so I didn't get him with one pump, so I had to go the double pump. <laughs> and, then, and then put him, and then we always say, we got him down, we got him down and it was all right. And then I came off the field and Jimmy Dimmick's like, Keeks, that's not the rest, that's not the tackle oh. team. Yeah. And what they did was, I think it was um, Brown Cardigan. Brown, oh, yeah, Brown yeah. Cardigan clipped it. And then as soon as I looked at my phone in the sheds, it, the headline read, um, Titans literally just fucked the Broncos. <laughs> 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 and yeah. and you'll, you'll be able to grab that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And if you know, yeah. if you've made Brown Cardigan, it's probably not good. Yeah. 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 No, we've actually been on Brown Cardigan once for just a positive, just a joke. Have we? Yeah. Wow. I mean, maybe they were taking the piss out of us, but I didn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, okay, well, moving on from that, Keegan, the other thing that we do like to do pretty much weekly on the podcast is uh, is get a joke. Of the week, they're often sent in on the chalk line 
<laughs> by our listeners. But on this occasion, we said, mate, we can find one for you. And you're like, boys, I've got 300 crackers. Just let me at <laughs> it. Um, he didn't say that at all. So I'm excited to see <laughs> what you've got for us. <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to know if it was PG or not. Yeah, no, no, definitely not. We've had some stinkers on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you should hear some of the ones we listen to that don't make it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, we do filter out a lot. So I guess let's, let's find out where this one's right, right. <laughs> Yeah, we'll filter it out. <laughs> Brushed. Um, no, it is um, how do you how do you find a – wait, wait, I've already, I've already nah, got it. No, think through it. Think through it. I'm trying yeah. to think through oh, it. Right. Um, I can see what you two are made. <laughs> <laughs> how do you um, – how do you find a blind man on a nudist beach? Ooh, go on. It's not that hard. Yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> really good. Very good. Really good. And Just I would argue yeah. like P, maybe M15. Oh, yeah. Barely. Oh, what do you, um, I got it's one four. more. Oh, we, we, here we go. Um, We've encouraged what you. Pulls <laughs> <laughs> out of the game. What do you, um, what do you call, what do you call a, what do you call a guy who cries while he masturbates? A tearjerker. <laughs> oh, oh that's goodness. really good. That's actually good. I haven't had that. I've never heard that. I've never was, heard that. I was so scared that those would have been <laughs> already nah, said. Nah, that's, that's perfect. That's, that's, a like, belt, that's a genuine new <laughs> piece of material. <laughs> I've heard your first one. I just wanted to be nice. Second one, amazing. Know. Thank you. Yeah. Thank very, you. very good. Did you get both of them? I got them both. <laughs> it's always worth clarifying. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, Keegan, I guess we'll, we'll try and make uh, – there's a few things that obviously we'd love to get you to talk about probably later in the episode. It's the easiest to listen to, I think, if it, it sort of travels in chronological order. Um, we've spoken about the fact that well, in the intro we, we gave a bit of a, a wrap of your footy and you've probably spoken of your lack of highlights, but <laughs> being modest, obviously. Uh, but when you, when you do think about retirement, I guess – you generally, I know for a fact that I picture sort of those superannuation ads that start talking about being 65 and able to access it and stuff like that. And then, so reading the headline, uh, Keegan Hipgrave retires at 24 is weird. Like, I feel like you sort of look at that and go, that that's quite strange. Like, what possibly would have happened? I remember sort of reading these articles uh, relating to to head knocks and concussion, I guess, and, and you can probably shed a little bit more light on that. But to start with, how did you get into footy? Where did you grow up? Where's home? Um, and and then we can probably move on to what you're doing now, I guess. Beautiful, yeah. So <clears throat> I spent most of my career, like juniors probably at Palm Beach, Palm Beach Grumman, grew up playing footy, surfing, Although I was never that good. I was surfed with Mickers a fair bit. Who's uh, better out of you two? Because he's 27th in the world. <laughs> uh, he, Mickers is definitely better than me, 100%. See, so no. you try to be modest. No, <laughs> no, no, he, no, no. he knows it as well. No, I'm not. Shut up. Okay, good. So now we can do the run it straight challenge. You and yeah. Keegan. Who's better <laughs> oh, at footy? I'd love to see that. <laughs> Keegan's slightly better. Yeah. Paint house tackle later. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. I'll see you later. <laughs> All right, so Palm Beach, yeah, yeah. Palm Beach. Um, I did most of my like uh, under twenties, like semi. Signed my first contract at seventeen. Um, four years at the Brisbane Broncos. Um, right. So that's before I guess you're training at a full time level. Um, <clears throat> you're training in like the main squad, which was really cool. I got to train with my idols like Corey Parker, Sam Thiday, Josh McGuire, <clears throat> and I was like. I was super competitive when I was playing, like almost to the point of a little bit arrogant. Like I remember 
I remember a wrestle session um, when I think I was about 18, like just came, just came into different wrestle sessions. Yeah, that's I talk so much about wrestle sessions. We'll do it so much. Vegan hip WrestleMania. Name of the podcast episode. No, I went in and these these sessions are tough. Like it's pretty much an hour of just getting flogged and at the end of it, you're pretty much just running straight at each other and you do this little sort of drill where it's called shark bait. So you've pretty much got, you're in the middle and you've got a group of boys around you and then you've just got to run in and tackle each other like 10 metres by 10 metres as hard as you can and then the person who flips the other person gets to go out. If you keep losing, then you stay in there for the next however long. Whoa. And I remember, I remember I was, I was, I think Josh McGuire was in the middle. I really looked up to Josh McGuire like for in terms of his toughness and like how solid he was. But I remember thinking like, fuck this guy, I'm going to try and get it over him. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I flew into him um, and we're like wrestling. We're try, I'm trying to pin him on the ground. And then at one point I had, I had his underhooks and I thought, you know what, I'm going to flip him. I'm going to flip him. And then he must have just knew. He picked me up and there was a mirror there. He threw me into the mirror and then just walked away. And I remember thinking like so humbled at the time, thinking what the- oh, this is like, this is old. It's like, this is first grade. Like yeah. this is, this is what you're getting wow. yourself into. Um, which was pretty wild, mate. So yeah, I did four years uh, or three years at the Brisbane Broncos. Um, went through, went through a bunch of injuries there. Um, end up tearing my hamstring like five times in one year. Um, almost, almost gave the game away actually. Um, even then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mate, like when you do your hamstring, it's like you, you sort of, you tear it, you got torn when I was maybe like, I don't know, 19. And then you do your six weeks recovery. And I was aiming to try and get back for the under twenties Australian team. Um, so I sort of rushed the recovery a little bit and then, uh, tore it again. And then it was just a roller coaster of like getting it right, tearing it, getting it right, tearing it. And if it was an ACL and they said, look, mate, you got six months or a year out, would have been sweet. Mm. But because it was a roller coaster, I remember the fifth time I tore it, um, <laughs> Josh McGuire again, he's just like, mate, if we were, um, if you're a horse, we'd shoot you. <laughs> <laughs> And I was, you know, I'm like eight, like 19 year old kid, like very, I don't know, hormones running everywhere. I remember thinking just like so cut up about it. I called my old boy and I'm like, dad, I'm I'm done. I'm over 40. I've had enough. Called my manager and my manager talked me out. He's like, Matt, you're 19 years old. Like stop putting so much pressure on yourself to play great. Like, cause I was super ambitious. Like just wanted to play NRL. Um, Anyway, he convinced me out of it. Moved to the Gold Coast Titans, um, where I ended up making my NRL debut at the end of at the end of 2017. I think yeah. it was. I was about mm-hmm. 20 years old, um, which was cool. Played five seasons there. Um, that's probably when I played my most my, my best footy. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then um, and then yeah, had a bunch of concussions towards the back end of that you know stint of the five years, and then moved to yeah moved to Parramatta for 2021, um, where I end up. Same thing, went through a bunch of concussions and got medically retired at, at 24 years. So wouldn't you say the on the like concussion side of things, when you speak about that, like that was never an issue early stages, like juniors and we're growing up, even 18, 19, you're more talking about like hamstrings and stuff. Like what, spanning across how many years are we talking about? You no, know, like how many, how many concussions over how many years basically is that? Mate, so many people ask me how many concussions have you had? And you don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea. It's probably not a good sign in itself. It's not, mate, it? I had I had a bunch of head knocks. Um, I had a bunch of head knocks when I was a younger, like a younger kid, like just playing football, playing rugby mm. league. I remember we went away for the Australian schoolboys team, like tour. Um, <clears throat> went away with like Latrell Mitchell, Tyrone Fulmar. Had like a great side. I think like 21 out of 24 of the boys ended up playing NRL. It was great. Right. It, was pre- it was pretty cool. But I think 
it was like four weeks over in England, two weeks in France. And I think I got like three or four concussions, like pretty, like pretty big knockouts. Um, but back then it wasn't so, wasn't so diagnosed. Like we probably, I was pushing cause he was playing for Australia. I wanted to play for Australia. Yeah. Um, so it was rushed back then, even under twenties, it started getting a little bit better. And then <clears throat> once you hit NRL, um, that's when they start. Obviously, if you do get a knockout, then that's when they start to pull you off to be more diagnosed. Like, okay, well, you've had three this season. Usually once you get three, you know, big head, big knocks and the doctor pulls you off, then that's when you have to go off and see independent doctors, similar to what KP did, yeah. I think, last year or earlier this year. Um, Kalen Ponga, that is. Kalen Ponga, sorry, abbreviation. Yeah, you yeah, that Nickname one basis with <laughs> KP. Mate, you can call him KP. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, mate. So you you get you get three big head knocks, and then um, and then you go see independent. I did that in 2019. Um, they told me to have six months off. Uh, so 2019, 2020, maybe whatever it was. Um, and then had 12, had six months off then, and then yeah, same thing. I can't tell you how many how many I've had. To be honest, it's pretty wild. Right. Okay. And I like I just find it. So strange how some people seem to go through their whole careers without it becoming that big of an issue, and then for other people, it seems to be like a recurring thing. I, I guess I just don't understand concussion well enough. But is that like is that once you get a, a head knock, you're more likely to get it again, or like like you just require less less of a hit to get more damaged the next time? Matt's great question. Everyone so everyone's different. So you might have a player who you know gets multiple head knocks but don't see any symptoms or you might have a player that gets one head knock and then see all the symptoms. So everyone's different. It's not it's not a one size fits all in terms of, all right, this guy has three head knocks and we have to go see a neurologist say. But to end, like to go off the back of that, if it's there are research studies to say like if you are exposed to multiple head knocks, then you're more likely to see the symptoms. So that's when you see guys in the AFL and NRL who've had multiple head knocks over the times. They might just get a little graze to the head or a little head knock and then they'll see dramatic symptoms and dramatic effects. Um, like yeah. the back end of my career in 2021, um, I would just get – I remember – we played Penrith Panthers in the last game and I look back at the game and I got the tiniest little hit. I think someone like elbows just grazed the side of my head. I remember just being like sort of like almost out really quickly, but then I came to really quickly. And so right. I got up, got back into the defensive line. Um, and then Tavita Pangai, we were defending our try line. Tavita Pangai, big dude, um, ran an unders line and I had to jam in on him. And there's a clip of it. Yeah. I remember jamming, he's a big boot. Big, Big boy came off second best, and then that's when I got the whiplash. Head hit yeah. the back of the ground, um, hit the and ground I, hard too. Yeah, oh, that was that's smack tough to watch back, mate. That was like those symptoms after that concussion was the worst that I'd ever had. Like, um, yeah. I remember I came off the field, I had a headache, a bit dazed, um, but I was like, oh, actually, I'm, fucking, I'm pretty good here. That was my third concussion of the year, so I knew I had to go off and see the neurologist and see everyone. <clears throat> but like. What got me was that the symptoms sort of hung hung around a little bit longer. Like I, too, so we end up the boys end up playing finals, got knocked out finals. I obviously couldn't play because I just had my third concussion for the season, diagnosed concussion. There's probably a few more in there, um, but the symptoms that I had was like I had a headache for like two months afterwards. This is when the boys like we split. Everyone goes off and does their own holidays and everything, and then. <clears throat> my emotion, like irritability, like I was really angry all the time, for like, but it was weird because you're conscious of it. Like I remember I went and saw my granddad for his like 80th birthday or whatever, and he wasn't doing too well. I remember just driving, just being like so angry, like, for, but I was, it was weird because I was aware of it. And then I got in there, I saw my granddad and like, I was just not really saying anything, just like 
just being angry. And then I got back in the car and then I like snapped into it and like realized what was happening and then just started bawling my eyes out thinking like, what am I doing? Like, I'm not even going to see him that many more times. Um, so there was little things like that, like little things like leaving my surfboard at the beach, like leaving my keys in um, public toilets. Like there was just so many little things, but I think that the emotions really, really played. And that were sort of my symptoms that I had. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting to hear. Cause like I hear, you hear a lot about concussions in particularly in NRL, but even in cricket, uh, like players, players have sort of similar issues. And I, yeah, I hear people talk about it all the time, but never really had an understanding of what the actual symptoms are or what the problems are. Like if someone gets hit in the head and they're out with a concussion, you just sort of, I don't know, like they're just back in a few weeks time generally. But yeah, yeah it wasn't until like reading interviews that you've given that I actually understood sort of yeah, what some of the symptoms are and how it's yeah like that that's sort of having headaches for months afterwards and the, and the mm. problems that come along with that so but everyone's different like Tamari Martin he was at Bronx and I'm not sure where he is now like he he had I'm pretty sure he had like a brain bleed like from his head knocks and his his was sensitive to light so he stayed in his room for like six weeks or eight weeks after afterwards and so he had two years out of the game when he, I think he was at Penrith before and then ended up coming back to the Broncos and now I haven't spoke to him but I'm pretty sure he's back playing sweet so that's what i mean like you can have those excuse me two years off mm. and then he was deemed fit to play yeah. me I'm, I'm probably not going to go back and play like, <laughs> I, I like i like my body feeling pretty good which is yeah. nice and then what about like in terms of you spoke about the frustration of like even as a younger guy coming back from hamstring injuries like did it get similar in terms of that look like, I, I just imagine you know, like coming back from the one pretty significant injury I had, I guess, with like the ACL, like knee reconstruction as well. Like the doctor would say like, yeah, no, it's fine. Like your knee's good. Like you're good to go. But I know like in my own head, like trying to play footy and stuff again after that for like the next six months was like I was just nervous and like I didn't feel like I could concentrate on playing footy. I was more concentrated on please don't get hurt again sort of thing. Did it become similar with concussion, like with with your head knock sort of thing? Like could you go onto the field and go, oh, no, I'm not thinking about it whatsoever? Yeah, when in 2019, when I was at the Gold Coast Titans, I had the six months off and then I was so ready to come back and play. Like I, it didn't even phase me. I was so much like, oh, it's my head, but it's just like if I hurt my AC or if I hurt my hammy, like I was so keen to get back and play. And so nothing was going to stop me. Like I came back, the fittest I'd ever come back, <clears throat> ended up playing the whole season. Um, but during that time, um, well, probably during the next time, I was aware that if I kept getting the concussions, like if I kept getting hit to the head then, but no, nah, like, yeah, I guess it does kind of play on your mind a little bit because I was aware that if I did get any more concussions or big mm. concussions then clubs would probably look at me thinking, oh, well, he's not, he's not up to it or he's like damaged goods almost. Um, so I guess that kind of played into my mind a little bit, uh, especially, yeah, when I guess when I came back, but I got through it, it was sweet. I got through that season without any head knocks. When I went to Parramatta, that's probably when, I don't know, Started, I got one and then I was like, okay, well, sweet. Like it bounced back pretty well. Got a second one, like halfway through the season. Thank you, brother. Um, halfway through the season. And then the last one of the last game, it was a big one. And I couldn't, I just couldn't turn my back on the symptoms that I was having and, and the conversations that I was having with the neurologist. Like, cause there was a third one. I had to go back and do all the testing again. And it's a big day of testing. It's like you and a neurologist are sitting in a room and you're going through literacy questions, numeracy, problem solving, um, reaction time, memory, working memory. It's the whole thing. And you're cooked by the end of the day. Um, and then at the end of that conversation, he was like, and this is someone who does this for a living, someone who's, who knows what he's talking about. He's like, mate, I, I recommend that you should medically retire from rugby league. Oh, so it's actually him that yeah. said it really. Like obviously your decision, but well, if he, you're getting that from an expert, so. 
probably carrying some weight. That's what I meant. Yeah. And then so we it was a <clears throat> it was a back and forth conversation. And he, yeah, he recommended I retired and I was sort of like, yes, like I want to be good when I'm 40, 50, mm. 60, like when I'm older. I, I see old boys who can't articulate their words or their thoughts. They mm. they struggle what they were doing yesterday or even that morning. Like they have there's so many little things. And I was like, nah, I want to be sweet. Like I want to be good. So um yeah, I guess I made the call and um, told my friends and family and um, had conversations with the coaches, which was pretty, pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah. And do you, do you feel like, are you, are you confident that you, by making that, obviously, that's obviously a pretty massive decision to make to retire that, that early, but, but makes complete sense thinking about that sort of the long-term impact. But yeah, do you feel like you've, uh, making the call then was early enough or are you confident that you're not going to end up with those sort of symptoms later in life? Or? Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure, mate. Like I, everyone's like, do you, do you regret playing footy? I was like, nah, not at all. Like I love footy. Like I love rugby league. I love everything that it's given me. I love all the boys that I got to meet, all the experiences that I have, the traits, like hardworking, discipline, resilience, fucking one of them. Um, but like I would never change any of that. Um, so probably to answer your question, yeah, I think I did get out at the right time. Like if you were to tell me as an 18 year old kid, 20 year old kid, like, look, mate, you're not going to play. You're going to have head. And I'd be like, nah, bruh, I'm yeah. playing. Like there's no, yeah. there's no one who would stop me. Yeah. Um, but obviously get a little bit older, a bit more mature. And Hey, that might change in 10, 20 years times where I might start seeing the effects. Like, I don't know. But all I know is that <clears throat> I can't change the past. Like I can't change what's happened, mm. but I can do everything I can now, drinking zero alcohol beer, like staying off the piss, it helps. Nice. Um, learning new things. Like uh, I'll go back and do my psychology grad diploma, postgraduate psych, just because I want to learn more about the brain. I want to learn how we can help my mates who are coming out of the sport, who are struggling with mental health. That ties into the Keegan and Company podcast. That's why I'm doing that. I want to have these conversations and learn. So when the boys are coming out of grade or when they're coming out of professional sport, then we've got some tools to be able to help them. Because it's going to happen. Like they're already starting to come out. And I think can, even just head knocks and mental health in general, like they've got to be, they've got to be related. Yeah. yeah. And it's cool that it's not the other way too. Like you, I guess one of people's fears sometimes of people like cricketers probably more that I speak to is like almost retiring too early, like going like, oh, I'm still at the top of my game. Like probably look at someone like Stuart Broad recently mm -hmm. that like was almost like player of the series in the ashes and he pulled the pin then. Um, but like for you, it's like a genuine, you did, retire very early like medically obviously but you don't also look back and go oh wonder what if like could i have hung on for another couple of years or whatever like you you've actually genuinely well, we speak a lot about what you're doing now and the fact that you're not just sitting there going well that sucks but you've actually moved on and doing plenty of positive things as well yeah which is wicked very cool um we've got a couple of uh topics that we want to get your opinion on uh more like sporting i guess given that you're quite good at it. i just want to say also uh, <laughs> i'm not anymore mate <laughs> uh, still you've got that yeah. you hang your hat on that yeah um it's still so weird talking to people that were actually like are actually good at sport just yeah. having been such a nuffy for so yeah. long like even yeah. i don't know like i was thinking before about how you had those repeat injuries like with your hamstring and stuff like which i've just never had and watching back highlights of you playing it's like i think i just don't try hard enough to potentially get injured like you you just run so hard. And like, just, uh. It might shock you to know that Skin was very good at rugby league as a 12-year-old. Really? Yeah. What, what position did you play? 5-8. Uh, yeah. yeah. And he actually didn't medically retire, but he no. retired at 13. Yeah. <laughs> you thought you retired earlier. <laughs> he retired due to a pretty much lack of resilience. Yeah. <laughs> I was good at 12. I wasn't as good at 13. I thought, fuck this. <laughs> 
yeah. Also, the other thing you mentioned for cricket, no, I feel like head knocks and concussion in general is probably something that's progressed the knowledge of them as you're talking about is something that people take a lot more seriously now, certainly within the last 10 years, um, massive in, in cricket now it's at the moment as well. And when playing like second level games now, we have to do a uh, like the – like the cognitive test online one yeah the yeah. online one to go like so that if you get a head knock you come off and you do that test and it's like what you score when you obviously yep. going well versus what you score when you've taken a head knock yes. if there's a massive disparity they'll go nah you're out yep. like, okay. out of the game basically yeah. but I did the test and I was like I'm horrific at it when I'm <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. I was like I'm in yeah. pretty good nick here like, <laughs> just woke up had a coffee and I still can't pass it you were better after a head knock <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah mate actually you're right to keep going yeah. Yeah. that, that, would, that so, would happen all the time like with the young boys coming through who might not be that bright doing the like cognitive like concussion test beforehand they just couldn't pass it and you just keep going Day after day until you pass it, they hit the baseline. That okay, all right, you can go through now. Yeah. Okay, right. But even like, what even, would they have to do to prove how, how poorly would they have to yeah. go to prove oh, that no. they've had a head knock? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's there was. There, I remember when I was younger, first coming into grade, like there was older boys who you look up to who they obviously a little bit more smarter than the other guys, but they would try and hit the baseline. So they would try and keep it as low as possible. Yeah. So if they did get a head knock, they would you know, come back and play and then they would blitz the test. But that's what I mean. Like it's funny that like that's always been like the – even sometimes now like in the NRL, watching the NRL or AFL, whatever it might be, um, there was actually like a recent no, – Port Adelaide got fined in the AFL a whole yeah. heap of money for basically like covering up a concussion, like yeah. what should have been a concussion. And they said, no, no, he's subbed out with a migraine. Mm. Um, so like there's still sort of that attitude of going like, oh, it's annoying. Like you don't – you know, yeah, yeah, it's like precautionary and you – don't want players missing games for that yeah. stuff. And like even what you were talking about, it's like there's still players like thinking of ways to try and avoid yeah, yeah. having to go from them and stuff. Yeah, that was, that's a crazy approach to like like try and cheat the system to detriment your future health. Yeah. Well, especially when you hear like your story. Yeah. But I think the reality for some people is probably until they hear a story like yours, they just don't think that it'll ever happen. Yeah. Mate, that's that's exactly right. Like especially when you're a young kid coming through, all you want to do is play NRL. Like that's all you yeah, want to do. Sure. So if you've got – you know, if you're not educated on the topic or if you haven't heard these stories, you know, about, you know, recent AFL and NRL coaches and players who end up, you know, taking their own lives due to CTE or whatever it is. If you don't hear those stories, then it's like, no, nah, well, my head is just as normal as my pec or my arm mm. or my hammy or whatever it is. So, oh, I've got a headache, sweet. I'll just brush it off. I'll do anything I can to play. And, mate, I was the exact same until mm. I start becoming a bit more educated on the topic. Yeah, yeah. And do you think, like, like obviously it's becoming a much more, bigger part of discussion these days you hear a lot better a lot more but do you feel like enough things are changing to make a significant impact or if this is there's still like a long way to go until mate i think there's a huge like there's a, there's a long way to go but are we doing the right things i think so yeah i think we're on the right track like from where we were five years ago ten years ago to when i started playing i think there's been a huge amount of improvement but saying that mate i think there's we've got a lot of we've got a lot to go yeah good um, all right, let's get to – so, Keegan, on the podcast we do a segment called Must or Dust, uh, which is basically like mm, two – what are they? Describing words. <laughs> adjectives. <laughs> adjectives. <laughs> adjectives that we use to uh, – to, they are adjectives, aren't they? Are they so. nouns maybe? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Dust anyway, is a noun. Probably not important. <laughs> <laughs> I thought adjectives had to end in L-Y or generally end in L-Y or That's something. generally, yeah, yeah, moving quickly. Yes. Yeah. Really Man, fun. we would have passed that cognitive test. Yeah, look at this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're on. Yeah. Okay. No, okay. So the two describing words that we use to say whether something is good, that's a must, or poor or bad, that's dust, that's right? 
Uh, and I know you love our jingles. Uh, you've spoken very, very highly of them. So here's one for Master Dust. Is this Master Dust? Is this Master Dust? It won't take too long, so don't get it wrong. Is this Master Dust? Very good. Production quality. Not enough mickers in that one. Nah, Keegan did actually say, so you guys just jump into a studio to record that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mate. Right. There's that front room over there. <laughs> um, right, so here we go. Let's get a couple uh, that whether the, we'll find out where you sit. The idea is you're not meant to sit on the fence in theory. We do often, but uh, you can't as a guest. <laughs> All right, showing people your own highlights. It doesn't matter what sport. Just uh, if you've got any access or no, obviously the invention of uh, sort of live streaming our grade cricket games and stuff. Often if I've played like a really good reverse sweep, I find a way to weave it into conversation. <laughs> I'm a massive must. Anyone else care for a vote? <laughs> I would say dust. I've never done it. I've never sent my highlights to anyone else. And can I throw you a little bit further under the bus? He doesn't just show me a highlight of a shot, uh, like a sweep shot. He'll go through his whole innings, cut up his own highlights. <laughs> Self-edited. <laughs> get every boundary he's hit, compile them into one video and airdrop it to me while I'm sitting across the room It's three seconds long. <laughs> Your first words of the podcast, mate. Well Imagine if you were sitting on a plane and you just start hitting everyone with your highlights. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's a, let's actually do that. Yeah. New YouTube video. Right yeah. yeah. uh, no, I'm going to go dust. I'm going to go dust. If you if you were seen to do that in, in the footy world, you'd, oh, yeah. you'd get the, yeah, you get peppered. Okay, yeah. right. Yeah. So like your first try in the NRL. Didn't, didn't show that off to anyone. You can show your family. If they're pretty watching. Oh, I'll show them, my family, 100%. Yeah, yeah, it took yeah. me years to get my first try. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I only got three of them. <laughs> but you can't just walk up to people in a cafe and go, hey, guys, have you, I'm not sure if you watched this game last night. <laughs> See the game on the weekend? Oh, that's pretty good. A couple of good tries in there. I feel like it would be really poor if you're like at the pub or something with a few friends and then kind of started chatting to some other people and then weaved into that conversation. I think that's when it's yeah, definitely yeah, that's dusty. Yeah. Pretty dust. I think there's opportunities where you have to just get them in there. Yeah, I know. If you someone, do. <laughs> someone, we someone brings up how'd you go on the weekend? It's like, oh, I don't know. Obviously, I've got this 12 minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's fine. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next one for him. Who's got it? Uh, well, I'll, I wanted to ask, obviously, staying on the, on the sort of sports topic and listening to your podcast recently, you spoke to like Mac Horton and stuff, a professional swimmer, uh, who do, they always do their training early in the morning, which I've never understood. Um, so I guess I've just given away that I'm a dust. <laughs> early morning training sessions, like, yeah. like stupidly early morning. I'm a massive dust yeah. and it shows in my um, performance when I go to the gym and they measure like, yeah, what are they called? <laughs> They're like yeah, MEPs or something. It's, I don't know what that stands for. Know. It's an acronym. But, um, <laughs> Thanks. but, but it's, it's something energy points maybe. Who knows? But it, always better in the afternoon than the morning. I'm a stinker really? morning person. Yeah. Wow. Really? No, nah, I'm a must. Really? I'm, a, I'm a must early. If yeah. I don't get it done in the morning, I'll come home in the day and I'll be crashing by the end of the day. Wow. But maybe that's why I am crashing because we do it early. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'll sit on the yeah. fence. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm, you do it I'm at a, midday. No, no, I'm more of a dust, but- once you're up and you're doing it, it's yeah. like the best thing ever. You train morning and after. Yeah, yeah well, the grind it. doesn't stop. That's that's true. True. Yeah, the 71 days hard. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows what that means. Well, you should have explained Tell it. Tell the people. <laughs> no. Next one. <laughs> all right. What about this one, Kegan? Because I see this all the time. So I've got to be careful with how I word this. Uh, golf, like getting really obsessed with golf as a professional athlete, 
but not a professional golfer. Like we've got these guys at cricket that are just like they're professional cricketers. They get paid to play cricket and they love golf more than they love cricket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a must. I'm a must. I was yeah. a COVID golfer. I was a COVID golfer. Uh, no, nah, it's a good way to get around the boys on a day off, you know, tell the missus you're going in for nine holes. But, yeah, yeah, no golf. <laughs> You're away for oh, six no. hours. <laughs> You're away for six hours. Come home half pissed. Oh, no, it was a poor round. Oh, yeah. I just had so many shots for some reason. Oh. <laughs> nah, dust. Dust. I'm just horrible I think I at it. I as well. I'm also dog shit at it. Yeah. So, yeah, I haven't gotten into it. But I do like the idea of being good at golf, so I'm going to say master. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And I've got one more that's a pointed crack at skin. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. This is... Molded mouth guards, like as in like dentist mouth guards. When you were playing footy, was that like is that something? As an NRL player, I've never asked this. Do all NRL players have that? Yeah, they they come in. They the the dentists come in, and and there's like an afternoon where you just go in and they fit your mouth guard, and you can get like little colours on them or little words on them. Right. So it's like an activity. It's an activity. Mate, we need that in the div too. Yeah. (laughs) Or you could just go to a dentist, which is what most normal people do. But skin. As a skin is still putting like a rebel sport as much as they're wonderful people, but a $23 rebel sport mouth guard into boiling water and trying to bite into it. <laughs> yeah. As like an, as a mid 20s male, I think it's a proper dust. Yeah. No, I'm happy to call it that's dust. And even worse this season, I bought, bought a new one at the start of the season. Was running late to round one. Shock. Oh. Uh, running late to round one. So late to round one, we didn't play round one. I got there round two. That was good. And I was running so late, I didn't bother boiling the water. I just used hot water out of my tap and then bit into it. So it doesn't It doesn't even fucking fit. Just, I've played the whole season. It doesn't really sit in my yeah. teeth right at Can't all. Can't you just reboil it? <laughs> penny drop the old cognitive test get, yeah. get that common <laughs> sense out of here one chance of doing it <laughs> even worse though to be fair to dob myself in uh, I forgot my mouth guard this year my beautifully moulded one that I paid money for <laughs> how much do they cost like, if you go to a dentist it's like 180 bucks I reckon yeah right Yeah, so not that much considering they like your teeth aren't going to change that much so in theory they should should last. last a while. Yeah, yeah. True. I keep losing mine, so that doesn't help. Yeah, but skin could get eight the price of yours. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, but I left mine at home and skin played the reserves game and I played the seniors game. I was like, I've got no mouth guard. You're going to have to bring me yours. <laughs> we shared mouth guards. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, that's a master. <laughs> As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So Keegan, on to life after footy, I guess, and what, what life looks like now. You've, As you mentioned earlier, you've started your own podcast. That's called Keegan and Company, uh, which I guess is a mental health and sport podcast. You've sort of obviously got access to some Pretty reasonable athletes who also happen to be your mates, not Mickers. Um, but twenty-seventh uh, person. I listened. Yeah, I listened to a podcast with Mac Horton yesterday, uh, who was great to hear from. But yeah, tell us a little bit about that project, I guess, and, and what you're doing, and what sort of inspired you to start that. Yeah, great question, mate. Um, I guess, I guess I've sort of always been involved in mental health. Um, probably started when I kicked off in. I guess I was 17 when I, how I first got into mental health. Um, I lost a mate to suicide when I was 17. Um, guy called Regan Grieve. This is a guy who um, was loved by everyone. We played schoolboys together, Queensland schoolboys, loved by everyone, respected, funny, happy. The guy who pretty much from the outside had everything. We, we were rooming together at the, you know, schoolboys tour, schoolboys, you know, under 17 tour, 18 tour. Um, we both got picked in the Australian team where it was a four-week you know, two over England, two weeks in France. It was a, it was a great trip. Um, and then the, he obviously, he couldn't go on the trip because he broke his ankle. Um, and that started like, I guess a downward spiral of, of, um, his mental issues and probably the things that were sitting in the background. Um, and then yeah, Australia day that following year, he, he committed suicide, which was, um, which was pretty wild. And I guess that was the first time that I ever had any sort of impact with mental health. I didn't really know about anything about that when I was you know, growing up. Um, and mate, being a 17 year old kid, I fully suppressed it. Like I, I didn't go to the funeral, didn't speak to his mum for like eight years afterwards. Like I, I didn't, since he passed, since he died, I didn't speak to her. Um, and then, mate, I, so that's sort of, but it sort of kick-started me into, you know, wanting to be the guy that my mates could talk to. Like this guy was one of my fucking best mates and I didn't know what he was going through. I didn't know, I didn't talk to him about that. We were just always talking about, you know, having fun, birds, you know, playing footy. Um, but I never, and so after that I said, I'm never letting that happen again. I will never let that happen again. So throughout my whole footy career, um, I wanted to be the guy that my mates can talk to. I wanted to, you know, footy's a very bra- bravo, manly environment. We don't want to talk about our feelings, but I want to be the guy that even if we are having a beer or even if we're out of coffee, like what can we, like what are we talking about? That's why I do stuff with Movember. Um, we do, we've been an ambassador for Movember for like the last seven, eight years. Um, and so that sort of sat in the background. And then at the end of last year, um, I just committed, I said, yeah, I'm going to, I want to have genuine conversations with mates who just so happen to be really high profile athletes, I guess. Um, not all of them, um, but the goal of the podcast is to have these conversations that, you know, help normalize just us having a conversation like we are today. Like, and if they can be seen, you know, being vulnerable and, and talking about their hard times, then it makes it okay for us to be talking about our hard times. And so we launched, we launched the podcast and um, I've done a couple of podcasts where I've jumped on. And the, and the thing that gets me like, yes, we've had a great response. We've had some, some really great, like, you know, I guess views and shares, but the thing that gets me is like all the messages, 
like the messages from, you know, friends and family and, and people who are like, you've, you've inspired me to reach out to my mate or you've inspired me to reach out to a therapist. One guy I work with, he just said um, last week, he's like, mate, I, I did my first psychologist, um, my first therapy session the other day, which was really cool. Um, but the, the, one of the most wild things when I was in Melbourne, Two weeks ago, I did a podcast with Jakey from The Unlaced. Um, he's an ex-professional athlete as well. And I talked the first time I'd ever spoken about Regan, and this is this pretty much the second. Um, so it kind of like, I guess it kind of does choke me up a little bit because I've got a lot of love for him. Um, but when I did the podcast, I talked about Regan for the first time and um, and I sort of brushed over it a little bit because it was choking me up and I didn't know how to react. Um, anyway, they cut the clip and the clip, it was a very beautiful clip about talking about Regan and um, they he posted it on social media and then his mom, Regan's mom, reached out to me for the first time like in eight years. Like, yeah. And it was like, mate, it was wild and the, the message pretty much was um, uh, thank you so much for sharing Regan's story. The, the biggest thing that I thought um, when we lost Regan that he would be forgot. Um, he would be forgotten. So he's like, thank you so much for sharing your story. I'm so proud of you. And here I am like in tears, just fully like, just like, and then I called her. I, she, I was like, do you mind if I give you a call? <clears throat> I called her and it's the first time I spoke to her in eight years since the passing of Regan. And she's just like, and that, and she's like, Regan would be so proud of you. Like this, these conversations need to be had more. Um, and this, and it was obviously like an hour conversation. Um, but yeah, after that, I was like, this is it. I was like, this is what we got to do. Like, we got to be having more conversations. Like I'm sick of losing mates to suicide. I'm sick of like, you know, all of us go through our own mental shit. So if we can be seen, you know, talking like normalizing the conversation of seeing a psychologist or you know or fucking my hairline's receding that's a fucking that's a big one as well <laughs> like there are there are, there are there are little things that we all need to talk about um and if yeah if these guys can be seen having this conversation then yeah it makes it okay for all of us to have a conversation yeah yeah no it's mm. incredibly powerful that's for sure and um it's i always <laughs> struggle i guess I, I don't want to put you on the spot massively but um I feel like I, I probably have so many friendships where even sometimes like you could you could say to a mate like you know how's things going and how you doing and all that conversations become so superficial sometimes yeah. in yeah. like in terms of like you you know you like check in and go how's things mate and you sort of ask and sometimes I actually ask myself and like and then I'm like I'm not even listening to the response it's like it becomes like a habit to just go like hey mate how are you um how's things you're like oh yeah good and then, yeah. Yeah. Like you do those. Like if someone asks you how you are, you just say, yeah, fine, Sweet. no yeah. complaints. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> do you, I guess do you have any ways or suggestions to, to sort of get into conversations that are, that are slightly deeper than that? Like we're, you know, with our, with our mates, I mean, we're all great mates here and I think we could openly, honestly say we probably don't rock in every day and mm. say that. I can say we would genuinely give a token how you going, mate. Um, and I think it's something that I definitely know that I could get a lot better at. Yeah, the best the best thing that I've found over the years, and to be honest, mate, I don't know that much. Like, I'm I'm pretty much at the start of my journey, so I'm. That's why I want to do the podcast. That's why I want to do my post grad in psychology. That's why I want to learn more about the brain to go on this journey of learning. So that's why that's why the podcast. I'm not going in there to preach because I don't know. Like, I don't no. know. But the best thing that I've found is that when I'm um, when I speak about my own vulnerabilities to a mate, mm. then it opens that door of communication and usually when you're you know more vulnerable about your own vulnerabilities then it makes it okay for them to come back to you so if we're if i'm sitting with mickers and we're having a coffee and and he's like mate how are you and you're like you know what mate like 
I'm actually pretty stressed out. Like I'm, I'm here on the Gold Coast. Like I'm trying to fit all these catch-ups in. Like I was sitting here, I'm trying to meditate before coming in here. Like I'm, I'm stressed out. I'm supposed to have like, you know, six, seven, 10 catch-ups a day with, with athletes for my work, you know, with the podcast, we're trying to get my friends and family in. I'm like, I'm stressed out. Like I'm stressed out to the max. And usually if I am vulnerable with Mikus or with a mate or whoever it is, then more likely they're likely to, you know, have a response and have their conversation back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a pretty awesome answer. Cause my follow-up question was essentially from the other side. Like, like you said, like everyone would go through their own stuff at some point, even like I'm sure to very different degrees, even if it's not, like nothing particularly major, but if you're on the other side of that, how the heck do you possibly start a conversation? Like if like the work you're doing with your podcast is normalizing those conversations, that's, which is great. But if, if you like, are having your own struggles, how do you, yeah, how do you start a conversation with one of your mates? Um, and I guess, I guess you also, it's, it's cool that you and Mikus can do that. Um, but yeah, I guess you also would be worried about like if the other person has the mental capacity for your problems as well yeah. um, is probably something that, that I often think about when I end up not talking about stuff like that. Um, but yeah, you just made that sound very easy. So Well, I mean nice. like, and don't get me wrong, like I'm not, I don't go around to every single person saying, no. actually, this is what, this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm going through. No, I've yeah. got like, yeah. I've probably got a, a great, probably three or four mates that I've got a really great connection with. And if I'm going through a really tough time, they're the guys that I lean on. My mum my and dad, I can lean on them. Um, my sister, I can lean on them. So I've got, I've got a few core people and having those people in your life are, are really important. Um, but saying that, like, if you're not comfortable with, you know, getting someone in your own friendship circles, talk to a psychologist, mm. like talk to, and if you, and if you don't want to have that conversation with a psychologist, then talk to one of like the, the hotlines. Like there, there's so many options where um, you can make it available and you can make it easy. Like what I find insane is that we spend so much money on our like physical health, whether that's gym memberships, whether that's protein, whether that's um, vitamins or whatever it is. I know you boys are looking pretty good. You're probably spending a lot of cash on that. I was about that. to say, I spend a lot of money on gym memberships. Yeah. I don't yeah. go very well. Yeah. <laughs> Make genuine donations. Yeah, donations. But, that's, but that's the thing. Like we spend all this money on our health, but it's like <laughs> our brain is probably the thing that's driving all of it. So why wouldn't you invest in seeing a psych? Like I see a psych every month. Um, most of the time it's got nothing to do with me going through a deep dark, you know, time, yeah. but I just want to have a conversation and like the best investment I can say is like, just go see a psych like five or 10 times and just see what comes out. Did you, yeah. how did you choose your psych? Um, that's actually a great question, which, um, um, cause people, people go through like a bunch of different psychs before they find one that they fit with. Um, I've genuinely looked at it before yeah. and been like overwhelmed. Yeah. I've been like, oh right. shit, there's 45 options have come I, up. Here. I've like, been to one before for, I think, cause our, our mom is like great. And she like, I don't know, like, I feel like it's like going to see a psychologist has like a bad stigma. Like people think yeah, it, it makes you crazy it sort of thing. Yeah, Whereas yeah. Our, our, our mom was never like that. Like I'd think. Yeah, maybe when I was sort of just turned 18, I don't even think I had anything particularly crazy going on. Oh, I think it was I dad, dad passed away. Passed away. That was, that was yeah. 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 Um, and yeah, mum was like, go see a psychologist and send me for like like six to 10 sessions. And yeah, it was great. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think she just chose for me. So perhaps you've got better insights than that. <laughs> just just try it. Like you can, you can Google or if you've got someone who you know sees a psychologist, like word of mouth, like recommendations, like anytime a mate's going through a really tough time, I usually pass on my psychologist because I know I've got a really great relationship with her. 
Yeah. Um, so word of mouth, you can you can go on a website and pretty much just like Google psychologists, you know, Southeast Gold Coast or whatever it is. And but just try a couple. Like you might go through three or four that you don't like. Me, I was lucky. The first one who I got in contact with, I was I was locked in. Um, but yeah, just try it, try a bunch and you know, once you build a relationship with someone, then it makes it really easier. But it's funny, even like <laughs> you would never you would never say that about like even hearing myself ask that question, I was like, if it was like a dentist or a physio, I'd just be like, oh, I'll just go. Like it's like yeah. you you don't think about it in like oh I wonder if they know what a leg is like for a physio you just you just, you just you just see you just see that they're a physio and ring them and yeah. go oh that's near my house I'll go yeah. like that's literally my process for choosing a lot of other I guess yeah those professions but then when it comes to it, even as I heard myself asking that question I was like that's a bit of a cop out yeah like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. probably not actually a different process whatsoever but it's it's true what you say like it, your story about um Regan you, I feel like every time that you it just doesn't matter if you you hear it on the news if you read on socials uh, we we've had one at the cricket club Matt Conwell was was our mate that Mitch certainly played cricket with for lots and lots of years and that was the exact same thing, basically what you said, larger than life character, mm. look so happy anytime you spoke to them from the outside. If you haven't connected on a deeper level from the outside, you're just like, yeah, this yeah. guy's enjoying Sweet. it. He's yeah. having a great yeah. time. He's, he's loving it. And and I remember that that same feeling. I think that was 2019, I mean, um, 2020 when, when I'd come back to Brisbane and, and that was the tragic passing of our, of our mate at, um, and cricket and, and that was a similar outpouring going like, we're all mates at the cricket club. We have six teams of well, there's 70 cricketers there and everyone's going, we didn't see that coming. Yeah. Cause no one had any idea. So. And how, how wild is that? Like being in an environment where like the best part of my day, I'm sure the best part of yours day is going to training. Yeah. Like going around yeah. and being around the boys, like going for a beer and a feed afterwards. Like that's the, that's the best time of day and I'm sure a lot of guys use that as an escape to get out and they probably don't want to talk about their feelings in that time because they just want to get out of their, you know, day-to-day life. Um, but having those communities and having those like support networks are huge. Like Palmy, Palmy Surf Club, you'll see my old boy down there every morning with a group of maybe like 10 or 15 old boys and they're talking about like I think one of them, I don't know, had some sort of cancer or like had some sort of thing in his gut and he's like, oh, I just got checked. He's like, oh, you, you boys should probably get checked as well. So all of them went and got checked. So like <laughs> like, so like cool. little things like that happens yeah. all the time. I yeah. see your dad down at yeah, the surf club every morning yeah. without a doubt with the boys. Yeah, It's yeah. awesome because I'm down there as well most mornings with mm. all my mates and I'm like, oh, I hope that's that's going to be that's, Yeah, that's going to be us, brother. 30 years or whatever and yeah, it's the best. Yeah, if I don't know where my dad is, I just go to the surf club every morning and he'll be there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I ever lose him. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice to know <laughs> no you left your phone at home again but I've found you <laughs> oh heck. well do you have uh, other questions on the, on that topic Mitch or I was going to ask you um, what you do have another topic? not specifically on that topic I was going to ask you a bit about your work uh, yeah yeah, yeah. So I assume that's where you were going that's where I was carrying going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. no I, I guess I, I wanted to speak because probably I think it connects certainly to mental health in general is that a lot of a lot of athletes that you do read about also coming out of retirement into what do I do after work as you said you, you signed a sorry yeah what do I do after footy or, or whatever it might be you sign a contract when you're 16 17 yeah. so uh, sometimes that's all you've ever known is is doing that so I guess I, can you shed any light on 
that transition that you made from going from footy into the work that you're doing now with you're lobbed up with a car that's branded so you obviously <laughs> like it quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah. So when when I was going through footy, I I was I recognized at a pretty young age that footy's not going to be forever. And I guess I was pretty nervous about retiring, even when I was, you know, 18, 19, haven't even made it, but I was putting everything into it. And I thought, okay, well, my parents drummed into me that I had to have a plan B. So I did a Bachelor of Business. Um, I finished that. I went through and did an MBA with or halfway through an MBA with Ryan James. He captained the Gold Coast Titans yeah, for yeah. a number of years, really good friend. Um, and then I, I just tried everything when I was playing footy. Like I remember I worked at Labatt. I did a I did a um a day prepping with them in a fine dining restaurant. I worked in cafes, worked as a mortgage broker. It's just I pretty much just hit up mates who were in the industry like, mate, can I just shadow you for a day? Because I realized like a little work experience, kid. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, but that's the thing. Like, I realized like figuring out what you don't want to do is just as important as figuring out what you want to do. So I wanted to get to the point where, I, wherever, whenever I was to finish footy, I'd be like, okay, well, I don't want to do all of this, but maybe I can figure out what I want to do. Got medically retired. I still had no idea what I wanted to do. I had like all these little things that I thought oh, might be, this might be cool. Um, got medically retired, and luckily, when you get medically retired, you get your contract paid out. So I had a year of breathing room to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, and then I was lucky enough to catch up with a mate who I went to school with at Palm Beach Crumb and Steve Dresler, and he founded a uh, disability support service that employs athletes as support workers. So what they do is they take participants of all different disabilities out into the community to just have fun. We found that when the participants are having fun, then all aspects of their life improve. And when they're having fun, they're also learning. So little things like surfing, um, being more socially interactive, it might be ordering a coffee by themselves, it might be helping them walk across the road, it might be little things like that. Um, and so when I retired, we called up for a coffee and he said, mate, um, what are you going to do now? I said, oh, I don't know. I might like go to the fireys, you know, I might go you know, try different things. Um, got a bit of a breathing room. He's like, well, come do a day with us. Come, come see what we do. And so I did a day with a participant and I just fully fell in love with it. I love the fact that I can have hands-on impact. Like my why is um, helping people through sport. That ties into the Keegan and Company podcast. That ties into um, the work that I do with What Ability. So I did support work as a, as a support worker for like maybe four, six months. And then he said, hey, mate, like um, do you want to come on full-time and, and build an athlete program because we obviously employ so many athletes so um got involved we were just in sydney and now we've launched that melbourne perth gold coast brisbane um and my role as athlete manager is to you know go and present to professional semi-professional teams who are looking for flexible employment like we've been in that you know been in that professional semi-professional environment before so um i can go and talk to these young girls young development boys a lot of netballers a lot of aflw nrlw and just present to them about like flexible employment fun flexible employment but then also those top tier guys who don't really need to do it for cash but they do it because they love it so that's like your tom travoyevich's that's your dyson heppel's that's your Braden maynard's angus bell from the wallabies like these guys are on over a million dollars a season like they don't need any more cash yeah. um they're not doing this as a job they do this as a give back um because they're they're the ones who were breaking down the barriers and stigmas of people who are living with a disability, which is really cool. So yeah, Matt, I, I, I was lucky to fall on my feet after, after footy. Um, but yeah, I love, I love the mental health space. I love the disability space. I'll probably do a deep dive into the mental health space. Um, I want to do my psychology degree. I want to go down that and help mates who are coming out. So yeah, mate, it's been cool. That's my spill. That is cool. That was a whole spill. <laughs> I've rambled. No, no well, that's good. Yeah, I've just been sitting over here thinking this is all very cool. So, 
Yeah, well done. <laughs> no, exactly right. Um, now, mate, on your, uh, we're going to finish with a with a game that of uh, of theme for you, but I just probably want to get a, a stronger call to action. Uh, Keegan and Company podcast has currently got three episodes. I checked and listened to two of them yesterday. Uh, so your, but there's more coming, isn't there? So, man, where where can people find that? Where can our listeners find that? Yeah, that we're on we're on Instagram and all the socials, um, podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Yeah, Keegan and Company. Yeah, and you're doing more. There's more coming. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's not just three. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we'll keep going. We'll um, I think we'll we're doing bi-weekly at the moment. Um, for me, I just wanted to start. Like, I just wanted to start having these conversations. I'm not sure what it's going to look like. Probably take a little bit of time to find it, to find its voice, and figure out the nitty gritties, as you guys know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, uh, yeah, we're still take, figuring that out. Yeah, well, you guys are doing well. <laughs> boys are doing good. Um, but yeah, no, I'll, I'll start probably going weekly over the next maybe a couple months. Um, see where that ends up. But it's cool. Like, I want to do it not just in Sydney, but on the Gold Coast, in Melbourne, in Perth, like all around Australia. Um, I'd like to go over to the UK and America and have chats with you know guys who are coming out of the nfl say or coming out of you know soccer or whatever it is and 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 grow it and just learn just learn pretty much and um yeah go on a little on a little journey so yeah we just got to start as you boys and like thanks again for having me on like you guys have a pretty amazing platform here so to be able to talk about mental health and and normalize the conversations is is pretty cool so yeah thanks boys i really appreciate you boys having me on no no it's a genuinely it's a pleasure for us i think we often probably sometimes underestimate even the impact that we can have. Um, there's been many a time where we've, we've got actually messages on, I know certainly from, I remember Cam, one particular message uh, was a listener that sort of reached out and said that he'd had some dark times wow. uh, in his life and that, that sort of listening to us and, and gaining a way to have a laugh during the day and that that made a big impact on his life. And there were, there were times like where we, yeah, we didn't know that probably even listening and reading some of those messages, we were like, we didn't know that that was happening. I guess when we yeah. sort of started it, it was really a way for us to, it was a creative outlet for us. It was, yeah, it was not, probably not what we expected, um, I guess. And so the fact that we can make that impact or have that impact for some people because you just don't know who you're speaking to at some of the times or who's taking something out of it. Yeah. Um, that's been incredibly positive and, and rewarding for us and something that we would like to lean into a lot more wherever is possible. So speaking to you, someone that's actually actively seeking to, to do some really good work in the mental health space, then that made complete sense for us. Beautiful. You look like you were going to say something. But. No, I yeah, just <laughs> couldn't agree more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Well, uh, you've got one more jingle to listen to, Keegan. Uh, this game is called Human Shazam. Uh, the idea with this game is that uh, you essentially all of you are playing too. So Mika's skin, Keegan, uh, your buzzers generally. Mika says barley. We're not sure why. It's his favourite holiday. <laughs> <Not either>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Skip, what do you say? What's your buzzer? Albert. Albert. And that's you also really know that story as well. <laughs> and uh, and Keegan, you can say whatever. Any choices? You can say your name if you like. I'll say wrestle. No. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. So much smarter. Okay. Uh, so basically, well, I'm going to play a little jingle here, but it's in MIDI form, which is really, really poor music. Uh, and that's to avoid being flagged by the copyright centers. Yes. Uh, that's the reason we do that. So the game actually is quite more difficult than probably what it should be for that reason. Uh, these ones, the theme tonight, oh, I need my notes so I can educate you at the same time. The theme is uh, they have to be connected in some fashion to NRL. 
so that can either be well I'm not going to give too much away um, NRL songs I'll say okay so do we have to guess the song you'll have to guess the song yeah, yeah. Oh, you'd be useless. Nah, you'll be fine. Okay. Uh, what am I going here? Probably the jingle? Yeah, I'm just seeing <laughs> which one I'm going to start with. Start easy, I reckon. Wrestle. Yeah, was off that bar. Is it Tina Turner? It is indeed. And the song is? Oh, my God. I should know. It's like Never Give Up or... Yeah, you take one point I've said Bali. I'm just okay. Yeah. Turner. Yeah. Is that a year? A year giving up? I reckon. Um, no, no, no. Come on. Can't tell you that. I'm giving you one point. It's the theme song from. It was the NRL theme song from 1990 to 1995. Oh, it's simply the best. Oh! Bang. Oh, Full points. Did you guys Thank know? You yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I was expecting a jingle. That's, that's correct. Right. What do you mean a jingle? Like your bloody. Did we not the, play the jingle? Yeah, oh, I didn't play the jingle. Zen. That's oh. what I was waiting for. Yeah. I was like, oh. Sorry. So what I like to do always with this game is play the first one first <laughs> and then go back and play the human Shazam jingle. Pump up Shazam, pump it up. Yeah, you'll need some prompting. Yeah. While your ears are thumping, <laughs> yeah. you can do some crumping. Is the harmony good? <laughs> it's the harmony good. It's my favorite part. You just say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, I was doing it's the harmony. harmony. I don't know if you can harmonize by saying, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> It was so good you couldn't tell that I was actually singing over the top of Leah's as well. But anyway. Okay. All right. All right. I'm getting more complex now. Are you ready? Well, they're not really more complex songs, but they're looser. The connection to the NRL is looser. Okay. Yeah, it's that. not the NRL theme song. Here you go. Sounds like Bali. It's, it sounds like, yeah, is it yeah, Macklemore and Thingy? Um, and it's... um. Can't hold us. It is indeed. Well done. Uh, I also need to give you a correct sound, don't I? Wait for a second. Wait for a second. Jeez, these tools. Jeez, these as Goody would say, you're on yeah. fire. Yeah, there we go. Uh, correct. That's full points as well. Macklemore performed at the grand final in 2017, oh, the NRL okay. grand final. So That is uh, loosely attached to the NRL. Well, it's not that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the loosest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, here you go. You should get this one, I reckon. Oh, Bali. Oh, jeez. You're on uh, fire. You actually that's are on my, fire. Well, is it, that's my scenes, the original song, isn't it? That's my team by, I don't know who it's by. Got no idea. Anyone know? No. Okay. Well, I guess, I guess we've got to give you what half. No, that's one point. Yep. Yeah. I'm happy to give you. Yeah. It's barely a point because you got that wrong even. It was actually what's my scene is oh. the, is the original. Then it was by the Hoodoo Gurus and then they changed it to that's my team indeed from yeah. 2003 to 2007. That was the theme song. Can I get a score check here, Dave the Boot, that knows jack shit? What have you got? Well, yeah, men's going. I want to say three to Mikus. Two to Keegan. Yeah. Zero to, to skin. Yeah. Okay, nice. Happy, you should get this one. Oh, Albert. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> sounded convincing. Albert. Yeah, there we go. Oh, You're in. Rocky. 
what's the name? <laughs> the last part of the season was gone. It's, yeah. Is that... Is that what it's called or is it something yeah, else? It's, it's not called, called Kaysen. No. Oh, well done. There we go. I'll give you that. It's Brilliant. called Kaysen. Who sings it? You just know people are like yelling oh, yeah. at each other. Just these absolute idiots. Sorry. Anyone know? And it has it a guess and say cold shit. Well done. Wow. Well done. Well done. There you go. Heck. And that is impressive because that opens up, well, it doesn't open up. It puts everyone at three for Mikas, two for Skin, two for Keegan with an impossible song to come. <laughs> <laughs> so here you go. Let me know if you can get it. Like the plane movie. Oh, I, know, I just don't know what it's called. Or who's it? well, you do know the song, yeah? Oh. Well, I can't give you much more there. It's off Top Gun. It place. is off Top Gun. I'm happy to give no. that. <laughs> <laughs> Two points. Two points. <laughs> we'll give him one. And can you tell me anything else? Who's an actor in Top Gun? <laughs> uh, Tom Cruise. Well done, Keegan. Four points. Good stuff. <laughs> Oh, what is it? What, song- what is that? And the, how is it linked to the NRL? The song is called I Ain't Worried. The yes. singers were One Republic. They performed at the 2019 Grand Final That's and cool. that is the reason oh my that days. they are linked. Did they even perform that song there? No. <laughs> <laughs> They just say Tom Cruise. Uh, <laughs> he likes NRL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> apparently at the grand final they performed like a cover of a Beyonce song. I was like, well, that gets too confusing in Human Shazam. So <laughs> that's why it was like loosely connected. I thought oh, it was going to be pretty difficult. All the single ladies by One Republic. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well done. well done. So I think Keegan, you officially took the win there somehow. <laughs> yeah, it was probably a tie, really, but that's fine, uh, mate. Thank you so much for making yourself available. To come on the week at the Chocolates podcast. We appreciate it. A huge, uh, huge amount. We got some great stories, some very funny stories, uh, but then also some really important discussions that we, I think, some stuff certainly that from an individual perspective I can take out uh, and put into practice in my own life. So I'm massively appreciative of that. So thank you so much, man. No, thanks for having me, boys. Huge. It's huge. We had, a, we had a great chat and yeah, look forward to the next one. If I get come on, if I'm allowed to come on, oh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely, you will be selected. Very again. imposing. <laughs> Next time we get you and Payne Haas on together. <laughs> <laughs>Well, that was our chat with Keegan Hipgrave. I hope you enjoyed that. We certainly did, didn't we, Skin? Yeah, bloody earth. He was a great man and, and great topics that we got to discuss. Obviously, plenty of laughs in there, plenty of good stories, but then love the work that he is doing at the moment, which you can go and check out um, by looking up the Keegan and Company podcast, wherever you choose to listen to them. And he's on certainly Instagram and, and the socials as well. We'd also love to have you support us or get in contact uh, at our social pages. That's at We Got The Chocolates everywhere, really. TikTok, Instagram, uh, you know them all. Yeah, thread, <laughs> Threads and X, the big platforms, you know. Yeah, the ones that we're not at all <laughs> active on, but that's good. <laughs> nice. Uh, and also leave a rating and review, um, a five-star rating we're quite fond of uh, on Apple and Spotify. Uh, if you're listening there. Yeah, please do. And you can also contribute to the show on the chalk line at our website if you'd like to hear yourself on a future app or just write into us as well if that's your preference. Perfect. Now, remember that that was a bonus episode, our weekly episode. They drop every Thursday. Uh, so make sure you get across and listen to that as well. And remember that if you're out there having a laugh with your mates this week, you're absolutely getting the chocolates. We'll speak to you again this time next week. And as always, good luck in the future. And that stumps. Stumps.